a group of haunters has turned a Christmas carol into a musical, one with some darker moments. That's coming up on today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring you the news and information you need to prepare for Halloween. This show is just one part of all the programming we do, so please check our email newsletter for the full details of everything we have going on. Halloween is over, but there are more than 100 haunts nationwide that have opened this month for holiday offerings. Those offerings range from normal spooky to festive spooky and even to not spooky at all. Today, I'm speaking with Melissa Meyer, co-owner of Meyer to Meyer Entertainment, about Madame Scrooge, a Christmas Carol musical in Glendale, California. This new Broadway-style musical puts an original twist on the famous tale by Charles Dickens. While it's still brimming with Christmas spirit, certain sections are definitely much darker. The team at Meyer to Meyer Entertainment has helped create many horror events, including the LA Haunted Hayride, the Great Horror Campout, and House of Spirits. So while this isn't a horror event per se, I wanted to speak with Melissa about the design and story craft that we can learn from in our Christmas events at our haunts. So here I am speaking with Melissa Meyer, live in Glendale at the Nocturne Theater. Madame Scrooge is a musical version. It's a new adaptation of the classic. Uh, We stick pretty traditional to the storyline, but we give it a little bit more depth with discovering why maybe Madame Scrooge is who she is versus it just being about money. It's music, it's characters, it's costumes, it's choreography, and it's wonderful. (laughs) Our brand in general focuses a lot on the characters. So to bring these very fantastical costumes, very fantastical over than over the top like creature suit type of ghosts in there is a huge focus for us. As far as why masks for maybe the townsfolk, I know a big impetus for Justin was to create these really wacky uh, caricatures of British townsfolk from the day. Almost like Tim Burton-esque where there's characters and, and certain elements are over-accentuated. Yes. Everything is over-the-top, over-accentuated, very fantastical. Marley had a very scary number, but also had like a, a note of lightheartedness to it. The elements of the lightheartedness come from if something's a little darker and a little scarier. We knew that we had families to appease to. We didn't want to go straight horror. So you get that moment of tension, and then it's immediately lightened by the stop, you know, telling the ghost, okay, you you kind of break that fourth wall and bringing those moments in are really just to break the tension at certain times. Oh, Jacob, what do you want with me? Much, Ellie, much. It's been seven years, Ellie, seven years to the day, and after seven years, it seems I finally have my sense. As far as the design of the ghosts, a lot of that goes to Tanya Sear, who's our creature designer, has been. We've been working with her for about 10 years. So, 
Present also had an end to it where it got a little bit dark, and then future got very dark. Tell me about those choices. I think a lot of the choices we've noticed in some of the Christmas carols that aren't our favorite is the, the transition from being Scrooge to not being Scrooge anymore is like, boop, all of a sudden they've become happy and they want to give to the community. And it always seemed like too quick of a switch. So we wanted to actually frighten Scrooge. We really wanted to focus on this is what it could have been. This is what it can be. This is where you're going towards. So that that emotional switch was a much slower progression. And I think that balances out well with the song, uh, Life Isn't Fair. Mm -hmm. I felt that that really resonated with people. Tell me about that song. Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, Justin wanted to have that sexy, jazzy, like mm -hmm. feverish feeling. So that was the direction in the composition of it. And then from a lyric standpoint, it is something that every single human can relate to. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't think at some point life isn't fair. And, you know, when she talks about it, it's, it's just the way that it is. Life just isn't fair. I think it's an easy song to relate to. Why did you go with Madame Scrooge? Like, why was it important to shift the main character? So we knew that we wanted to do something different and original while keeping the tradition, because the holidays, I think, are everything about tradition. But how do you freshen it up? And the idea of creating a complex woman in the 1800s who is a business owner, is dealing with love and balance and business, we thought that that would give Scrooge a little bit more of a depth than just some spiny old man who is obsessed with money. So that was, I think, a big impetus. And then we've previously worked with Stephanie Hodgden, who is our Madam Scrooge, and we knew that we wanted to bring her voice into the show. We actually ended up writing the entire show around her strengths. Okay. And so we get to introduce things like very topical conversations. Uh, women are now involved in business more, and so they're giving up time with their family. They're giving up time with their spouses. There is tension there. Additionally, you have many women that can't bear children, and that was what women were supposed to do. So to bring in some pretty relatable and topical conversations in a very old story felt rich and complex. And appropriate. Is what was interesting to me about how you were able to take an old story and make it, I think, more specific and relevant, which potentially could resonate more with current audiences. Why why those struggles in particular? I, I think a lot does come to what is really relatable and wasn't really talked about previously, especially in the 1800s. You didn't talk about women in business. You didn't talk about women not being able to bear children. So uh, Justin focused on certain topics that did exist back then, but definitely weren't relevant and were not talked about. I think that that's a big portion of it. You are still telling a story from the 1800s. We're not picking this up and bringing it 
fully to modern times. That wasn't the angle. So we had to choose topics that made sense still in the 1800s. With this depth of character, it's almost like um, she's, she's easier to empathize with and harder to blame. What you, I guess, what are you hoping from a, that standpoint that, that your people take away? Yeah, I think you did nail it. I think, number one, we are huge holiday Christmas people. Our house literally looks like um, the National Lampoon's vacation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so we, we love the holidays. We want people to go home happy, feeling like they saw a traditional holiday show that, they, that resonates, but brings something new. I mean, how old is this show? It's so incredibly old. And then that complexity, sometimes even if you don't quite understand the depth of it, you feel richer. You go home feeling a little bit more fulfilled and a little richer, and you sometimes might not even necessarily understand why. So those are the two things, is that like rich fulfillment and that holiday cheer and joy. Maybe what you're saying is like Christmas is, can be complicated. That's actually very good, yeah. Chris, and you know, the things with Tiny Tim, I can't tell you, there's probably not a single person in that audience that doesn't wish that they had one more day with a human being uh, that means something to them. So again, that relatable ups and downs of, <laughs> of a show. Of, it's, holidays are really tough. Everyone's lost somebody. But you do get to go home, like I said, in the end, feeling uplifted and with a snowball fight and fun Christmas music. <laughs> As an audience... I think that we are so overstimulated that if it's, you know, just a song and singing or just a straight play or just dancing, it doesn't feel as rich. So to be able to combine all of it together, I think, is what makes it super magical. Tell me uh, how long it's playing and where to get tickets. It is running until December 23rd, and you can get tickets at the Nocturne Theater, which is our new home. Um, and yeah, it was until the 23rd, so there's actually only four more shows remaining. <laughs> Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lightning and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.